Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. Today I'd like to talk to you about rate. What it is and why some horses don't have it and others do. I often think of a saying I heard back in the early 90s when I attended a Martha Josie clinic and I thought it was funny and for some reason it always stuck in my head because she said it with her cute little Texas accent and said, all go and no woe is no fun. And it just stuck with me. I have always been fortunate to um, pattern horses in a way that makes them have a lot of rate and turn. And my program is developed to incorporate collection and transitions. For those of you that may be tuning in and do not know what rate is, rate in the English world, the dressage world would be like a half halt. And in the Western world, it would just be collection of um, the stride, like shortening the stride. So transitions are a huge part of getting rate, as well as a loose rein woe and all of that. So I'm going to talk to you about some of the reasons why people have rate problems from the rider issues to the horse issues. Then I'm going to talk to you about how to fix it on the ground and in the saddle and um, some dry work and some drills that could possibly help. And we're gonna talk a little bit about bits as well. Um, for me, I love the saying, a bit more knowledge. And I got that from a Tom Dorrance book many, many, many years ago in the 90s as well. But people are always looking to put a bigger bit on or a bigger tie down. And for me, that's always a band-aid because a horse can learn to run through just about anything. You've got to really connect to their brain to connect to their feet and their body. So I'm going to get into that as well. I'm not saying there aren't bits that help, but I'm just definitely saying a bit's not going to fix your problem. You've got to do more than that. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, first of all, a rider can cause rate issues. So often I'll see a rider running to a barrel and they'll pull on the rein, but their body is forward. Their shoulders are forward. They're up in the front of the saddle instead of the back of the saddle. They're not sitting in their, on their pockets, you know, and their reins are either pulling way down over the barrel or way down at their thigh or just in general uh, up at their chest. And they're looking where the horse is going instead of where they want to go in the turn. And anytime you pull on a horse, they're just going to pull back. And I promise you a thousand pounds against a hundred pounds is not going to end well for you. They're going to leave the turn, end up at the fence, and it's not going to be pretty. So give and take pressure is really important. Using your body first is really important. Um, so basically riders are not preparing the horse in time for the turn. It's no different than driving a truck or riding a bike or a four-wheeler. You have to slow down to make a curve or you end up in the ditch. Same with a horse turning a barrel. If they're running 30 miles an hour, they need to collect down to 25 miles an hour to have a tight turn. If they don't, they'll end up way out in no man's land. And that's not a good place to be. The ground gets shiftier, things are not good. So you don't wanna miss your spots. Another reason that it happens is missing your spots 
timing and position can affect a rate. So if a horse slices a barrel or has no pocket going in, they're gonna be forced to rate and turn on the backside or the exit, and that causes more wasted real estate, wasted time on the clock, and it just isn't good. So all of those can be issues that a rider causes. The other thing is to look at is your horse. Could they be lacking in their foundation? Does woe mean nothing to them? Um, did you add speed before they were ready? Is their foundation not solid? Do they not face flex left, right, and down vertically at a standstill, walk, trot, and lope? Can they go from an extended canter to a collected canter, a post trot to a sit jog, uh, extended walk to a collected walk just off your body without you having to use a lot of rain to control them? Can they woe off a loose rein woe? Um, do they back light off your seat and your legs? So a lot of times a horse is not tuned up correctly during the week or their warm-up isn't the right kind of warm-up for a free runner that lacks rate and lacks woe and that naturally are a forward go type horse. So there are a lot of ways you can fix it. And my favorite way is to start on the ground if you have a round pin or a lunge line, either one will be fine. But you want to get them to stop and face you, two eyes on you, but away with just your voice and your body language. So once the horse has gone left or right around you three, four times the speed you want and you change your body position and say, whoa, they should stop without you having to bump on the, on the lunge line or have to run them around the round pin a few more times and change directions until they stop and face. Um, now, I wouldn't want them to come into me if they were a pushy, rude horse, only maybe coming into me if they were more of a skittish horse that I wanted a little bit of join up or bonding or trusting. But if it's more of a pushy horse, you want them to stop out of your space and just face up two eyes on you and hindquarters away from you. So definitely start at the ground. Um, be certain that they have the ability to understand body language and the voice command of woe from the ground. Then when you do get in the saddle, your next goal is to work on a loose rein woe. So if you're walking and you are have your legs on your horse, you're sitting up in the saddle, and then you sit down in the saddle, literally sit on your pockets, let your rib cage fall into your hips, let your shoulders push down into the saddle so your entire body sits like you're sitting on your pockets towards the back of the saddle, not the front of the saddle, and your shoulders and hips are aligned, um, your heels are aligned, and you take your legs off, and you set that rein down on their withers so they have loose contact. You know, don't be pulling up by the saddle horn, put it down and give them slack. Take your legs off, exhale, say whoa. And if they don't, then you go ahead and pick up those reins and back them up. But if you always stop your horse with their reins at a walk, trot, or lope, they will never learn to have a loose rein whoa. So many lessons I've given over the years. People come and say, my horse roots on my hands. Well, every time they woe their horse, they pull back. So the horse learns to hate that and just learns to pull on the horse, the rider's hands. So it's oftentimes caused by heavy-handed riders who are oblivious to the fact that they're stopping their horse with harsh bit cues instead of body cues. So definitely look at your horsemanship and start to learn to ask for the woe with an exhale, sitting down, taking your legs off and loose rein. If you don't get it, 
you ask, ask, take. So you say, whoa, take your legs off. You don't get it. Maybe say, whoa, one more time. If they don't get it, pick up your reins, add your legs, cluck, sit back and bring them back to you five or six steps. You can even get to the point where you get your horse so used to backing every time they stop two steps that they're going to automatically start putting 11s in the ground and back up two steps. If you look at reining horses, they're always getting their head beneath their withers. They're always collecting. They're always on their hind end. Um, backing up and and loose rein woe is definitely in their vocabulary. So if you have a forward go horse, you need to spend a lot of time on backing rollbacks, getting that horse vertically broke. So often, the horses that don't woe are not broke in the face. They cannot laterally flex their face at a walk, trot, or lope in a straight line or circle. They cannot vertically flex their face at a walk, trot, and a lope in a straight line in a circle. So if your face is not broke, it's going to be real hard when you do need to use more than your body to get your horse to come back to you. They're just going to push and pull on you instead of say yes ma'am or yes sir and come back to you. So it's very important that you work on getting them broke in the face. Then after that, you're going to want to do some transition work. You can do some dry work like um, circles with loose rein woe and roll back and go the other way. That gets them really thinking about woe. If they don't stop on a loose rein at a walk, trot, and a lope, you go ahead and you ask them to roll back or back up a few steps and then roll back and go the other way. And they're certainly going to get more tired of backing and roll backing so they're going to start saying you know what I like the woe I want the w word so when you do get a loose rein woe where they stop without any rein that's when you rest them you pet them you take the pressure away and you just let them be rewarded in that moment with no pressure a pet a good job you know let them know good job gold star and then they'll start to understand they'd rather be told good job and rest versus have to keep doing service circles or keep backing up or keep roll backing and they'll they'll start to have their lungs tell their brain you know what loose rein woe is a great idea so that's something that you can add to your dry work um, I also like to do squares I'll post trot into a square sit jog before the corner and then um, transition back out to a post trot and I'll just do squares or rectangles um, I like to do do uh, hind end quarter turns from a rectangle where I'll go to a corner and say whoa loose rein and then I'll do a quarter turn to the next corner at a walk trot and a lope and loose rein whoa and then a quarter turn to the next corner in a rectangle or a square. Um, I'll use the entire pasture or arena to do transitions from an extended walk to a sit sit um, collected walk off my seat from a post trot to a sit jog off my seat off my energy an extended lope to a collected lope again off my seat I only back up my rain cues if they ignore my seat cues so for people that are struggling with collection um, you have to understand ask from your seat and your energy your voice possibly easy here whoa ask for that first 
with your energy, body, and voice, and then back it up with your hands. So your seat and your hands bump together until you feel the contact. So if you ask them to slow down with, and you had to use your reins, then release them and see if they hold. If they don't hold that speed in that position, ask again until the point that they're like, you know what, I'm tired of her bumping me on my reins. I'll just hold that position. And I'm talking about possibly a thousand times, maybe more, maybe less, depending on the individual. So again, you don't want to go faster than they can do it correctly. So if you haven't mastered it at a walk, don't try it at a trot. Same thing. If you're doing it at a lope and it's not working, go back to the trot. So again, there's a lot of education with speed from a lope to a dead run like we do in barrel racing. So there's a lot of steps and process of education with speed that you have to go through, but it has to start at the beginning. So if there are holes in your foundation, nine times out of 10, it shows up on the pattern with no rate and lack of consistency and why people go to bigger bits and bigger, more severe tie downs, etc. I'm not anti um, tie downs or leverage bits for the right reasons, not because you have holes in your foundation though, or not because you rushed the process and didn't do education with speed. If it's something for finesse where you can pinky pressure, get the, the feel and the movement that you want in a turn or going approaching a barrel, that's different when you're like talking 1D, 2D level. But if you're in the 4D and you're having to drag the ground with your shanks and have a cable tie down on just to rate and still take the barrels wide and run around the arena, there's a problem with your foundation. It can even be pain, and you have to look at that as well. There's a lot of things that people need to consider. Emotional well-being, mental well-being, and physical well-being. Are they in pain? Are they emotionally or mentally not prepared to do what you're asking them to do? So back to the um, dry work. So there are things you can do, like I mentioned, um, with all of those things. And then there's some drills that I really like. I like spirals because it works on extended to collected, a large, medium, and small circle back out, medium, large. It requires a horse to collect and slow and learn balance and collection. So spirals at a walk, trot, and lope both directions are great. You can start with a round pin size circle, go down to half a round pin to maybe a 10-foot circle and back out whatever they can keep the circle and still keep the speed of the jog or the lope. Don't make it so hard they are forced to break down. And of course, when you're riding a circle, look a quarter turn ahead, ride front feet and back feet so that you have um, going to each spot so that you have the eye guiding or the nose guiding to the inside, the shoulders up and out, the ribs are soft to the outside that automatically put the hip and the pivot foot in as long as the shoulder and the ribs are out. So you don't just crank the nose in because you will lose the hip and um, the shoulder and ribs are a very important part of your um, collection okay they have to be able to do that to collect so I also like all lefts all rights and if you want to set it big or small depending on what you're working on usually if you're working on rate you're gonna set it up smaller than bigger um, the D pattern is an amazing big D little D is an amazing thing to work on for rate you also get to work on your loose rein woe and rollback so that's a great drill um, all of these things are in my coaching group if you join my coaching group there's diagrams and videos on how to do all of that so um, let's see here what else um, 
let's go ahead and talk about the bidding uh, as far as that goes. When I train a horse, I'm gonna start as mild as I can. I'm gonna throw on a O-ring snaffle with maybe just a smooth two-piece or a twist. Um, if you like a dog bone, you can do that. If you like it thicker than thinner, I mean, there's so many mouthpieces, but just start with something with no shank or purchase, something like an O-ring, D-ring, full cheek, whatever suits your fancy, whatever you've got in the tack room that's mild and your horse likes it. That's what bits is about. Are you comfortable in it? Are they comfortable in it? That's the two important things. Some horses that I have don't like bits, so I'll just ride them in a side pull, like a beetle hack or an S hack. And I can accomplish just as much in that. So I taper it to my individual, you know, the training horses that come in, some of them prefer a side pull versus a, a snaffle and vice versa and my own horses as well. So I meet them in the middle. As long as they're being soft and light, I'm totally cool with that. Now, if I wanted to transition up, that's fine, but I'm not a big draw reins, martingales. I feel like draw reins, um, are just gonna be doing the work for me and there's really not a true release. Um, I don't want that. You know, if you wanted to do some bidding up on the ground before while you're with them and show them to give to the bit before you get on, that's totally okay. I do have some videos on that, bidding up for five or 10 minutes laterally and vertically as you lunge them, that teaches them to give to the bit. But then as soon as you see they're getting it, release it. So that might save you a little bit of time. But honestly, just teaching a horse to give to the bit from a standstill can be taught in five minutes. And then you add it at a walk and you don't don't need any any martingales or tie downs to do this process it just takes probably 30 days to get the lateral at a walk trot and possibly a lope depending on where the horse is another 60 days you know another 30 days so 60 days total to get the vertical and this is if you're riding three to five times a week and you spend 10 to 15 minutes on it every single ride you can get a horse uh, soft laterally and vertically in the face so you can do all of this in just a light bit or side pull. Now, if I was going to move up to a leverage bit because let's say on the barrels, I wanted to have a little bit more, I would pick something very light like the professional choice maturity bit. It's a dog bone, maybe a junior cow horse or something like that. Um, and then if I needed something more than my S hack or beetle hack, I might use a Jim Warner. And those would all offer you just a little bit more rate if you needed it, but you could still use a dog, bo dog bone mouthpiece. One of my favorites, uh, chain mouthpiece is very mild. Some horses do like the two piece. Um, some horses do not. Now, some people say, well, what about a correction bit for no rate? You know, it's got a small port. It could be a swivel port. It could still be broken two or three pieces. It doesn't have to be a solid port. Um, those are all options and some horses will be light like butter in those but you have to also remember every time you move up in a bit you better have good hands because all riders bits can be severe in the wrong hands. You have to use give and take pressure. You have to know how to use your pinky pressure. So if you're a rider who's already not confident in sitting down and using your hands light, I would not put a correction bit on that horse. You're just gonna do damage. So learn to get your hands right. And if a lighter bridle for a while for you is better to you improve your horsemanship, by all means. If you're a more advanced rider and you're very pinky light and you use give and take, pressure if you want to use a little 
uh, port bit or something with a little bit more shank like the Carolina bit D11 or you know something to that effect a lifter bit um, like an Ed Wright uh, you know lifter that's maybe the medium or short shank you know not necessarily the long shank um, any of those bridles you know L&W all of those there's so many bidding companies out there you could get overwhelmed with all the bits out there but again don't make it so much about confusing yourself with all the different bits out there but just think about what bits do um, the purchase which is the amount of metal above the mouthpiece that is going to give you your shoulder lift the metal from the bit the, the mouthpiece down is going to give you your rate your woe your collection um, I like balance I usually like equal purchase and equal shank. Um, I like a little bit of curve to it because more the, the, and I also like a bit that slides a little bit. So the less slide, the quicker response and can be more severe. The less curve, the more severe it can be as well. So a little slide and a little curve can be more forgiving and have more of a soft ask than a hard ask. So, um, you know, I would rather give my horse a moment to ask them versus just take it, especially as they're learning. Or if your adrenaline gets up in competition, that's something to consider as well. But again, key is give and take pressure. So um, these are all things to consider. If you have a high-headed horse and you feel the need for a tie-down, I would rather see you only use like a nylon bonnet or a um, flat leather nose band but again that they should be adjusted um, to where it touches the horse's throat latch a horse uses their head and neck to balance if they go to slip or fall they're going to need their head or neck to not fall down and if you have it cranked down too tight they cannot balance and they could fall easier i've seen horses rip rear and fall over in tie down so don't think because you have a tie down on you're safer you're not horses can still rear fall down um all of those things you know so so just don't be dependent on it because of lack of horsemanship or lack of education or foundation in your horse like i said if you're using it as a tool for a little bit more finesse i get it but if you're losing using it because you don't have control that's a whole different thing so I am totally against um, the wire and the cable tie downs I'm against the wire um, bonnets I don't like any of that so it's just not my thing um, if I have a strong horse I'd rather take them slower longer and get them re more responsive and find something that's not as severe to put on them to still get um, what I need accomplished so the other thing we have to talk about is your tune-up. Um, sometimes people do not prepare during the week properly. You spent your week maybe out uh, trail riding or long trotting and um, you didn't really work on your collection or your woe or your loose rein backing or, or roll backing or um, you didn't do the barrel pattern correctly. Um, on a horse that's very free, you do need to take them to the barrels maybe once or twice a week and you need to go to that barrel and stop on a loose rein at a walk or a trot and, and where the tracks cross and if they don't back them up or roll back away and repeat. Um, those are all options and then of course just walk relax with good timing and form in the proper position 
uh, around the barrel to your spots. And then again, straight lines, go cue and rate on a loose rein and stop. Um, I prefer with horses with no rate to walk, stop, trot, stop. I'll even lope, stop. And if they don't stop, when I ask where the tracks cross, I'm going to back them up. Um, and then once they're listening, I may do some transition work. The only difference instead of sitting and saying, whoa, and taking everything off, I'm going to sit and say easy and keep a little leg and rein contact, just very light. And that way they know we're transitioning from the post trot to the jog. Um, and, and again, I wouldn't probably lope much on that horse. I'd spend more time just walking and jogging and really keep their focus on the rate. So, um, so I hope this gives you some ideas on things to work on for rate. Again, look at the rider cues, look at the horse's foundation, go back to the groundwork, um, look for the holes in your horse, whether they're not broken the face laterally or vertically at all speeds in straight lines or circles. Maybe they can't execute the dry work I mentioned or the drills perfectly. Maybe you haven't been tuning them on the barrels correctly or haven't been warming up correctly. Maybe you're not using the right bit or you're using too much bit. Um, the other thing is your warm up. When you have a hot horse, you may have to do a long, slow warm up and focus on circles that have loose rein woes and rollbacks and backing. And maybe, you know, really check your brakes are working. Maybe sit jog longer rather than post trot where you're working on collection. Um, really get woe on the brain of that horse. Some side passing or rollbacks. Just get them paying attention to you. You can counter arc some circles, get the nose and shoulder control. I like a three circle drill. I'll walk a lateral circle, a counter arcing circle, and a vertical circle at a walk and a jog. Um, I want my horse in tune to me with give and take light cues so that when I go down that alleyway and I sit and say, whoa, it means something. When I say here, it means something. Whoa, when I'm running means rate. Here, when I'm uh, running means turn. So um, in my slow work, I'll probably use easy in here. Um, but again, my horses know a go cue, a rate cue, and a turn cue. When I smooch, they know to get moving. When I um, sit and say, whoa, or easy, they know to collect and slow down off my body. When I say here, they know to snap and turn off my body and my voice. I want to avoid needing my hands at all costs other than to just lightly guide my horse through the pattern. So again, I hope this gives you some ideas and things to work on. If you're still not sure, uh, join my group. It's only $10 a month and so much value in there. You get slow play. Um, motion a slow motion video critiques of your own runs so i can point out if it's a rider or horse thing and some things to do to improve your runs so thanks for tuning in and as always ride with heart